This podcast is brought to you by Lanco Group, your business partner for engineering solutions. You are listening to FNR Football Nation Radio. Hello and welcome to the English Football Show right here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Uh, of course, the English Football Show, the Australia's only show dedicated to all divisions in English football. You're with Tim Spiliotis, Mitch Keating and myself, Christopher Chrysostomou. Uh, what a week it's been in English football with the Premier League title going down to the final week of the season. While the regular season in the EFL has concluded and we know the playoffs as well. Boys, how much sleep did we get this week with so many games going on? I can't say a lot. I can't say that. Oh, maybe throughout the day, but overnight, um, no, yeah, plenty of games to to cover, obviously. And like you said, um, it's going to be a thrilling final week for the Premier League and, and in the AFL. Um, plenty of playoff fixtures to come over the next month. So, yeah, really exciting time. Yeah, so much to get through today on the show. Tim, what do we have to look forward to in our Premier League segment? Yeah, so we'll touch on the title race that we just mentioned. It's astounding that a team could finish in 97 points and still come second. We'll also talk about the top four. It's pretty much secured now, but some disappointing results for some big clubs. Uh, not happy, Jam. Uh, also, we'll talk about Cardiff, uh, the, the final team relegated, and we'll preview the Champions League and Europa League actions this week. And over for the EPL, like we mentioned, playoffs are now upon us. Um, a few massive clashes, um, especially in the championship. Villa play West Brom and Derby will play Leeds in the Spygate Derby, um, as well <laughs> as a Checker Show Trophy replay with Portsmouth on Sunderland. And um, obviously um, some massive fixtures as well for League Two, Newport, Mansfield, Tranmere and Forest Green will be an absolute cracker. But um, yeah, no roving reporter this week because we have so much to talk about. So yeah, I guess we'll get underway soon. Of course, you can contact us at any time on double nine double four double nine double nine if you want to have your say. Uh, also, you can follow us at EF underscore show on Twitter or English Football Show on Facebook. Let's begin with this morning's result. And Manchester City had a 1-0 victory o- over Leicester City at the Etihad, courtesy of a Vincent Co- Company cracker. This this guy, he always does it for Manchester City. He won him the league title when he scored a header against Manchester United in 2012. Again, he's come out of nowhere. His first shot on target from outside the box since 2013, Good and he scores hit. it. Good one to hit, wasn't it? You couldn't pick a better time, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, fantastic for the City talisman. He's just been you know, a, a great leader and has been there since, um, you know, for almost 11 years now, I think, before obviously... The, the 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 whole club had that turnover, but um yeah he's been fantastic for them and you know hasn't really played the role that he's played in other years, but he knows exactly where he stands in the side and um, it was fantastic to see that he, he got a fi- found a bit of space and it was revealed after and you could see that Aguero had a few t- he mentioned told him not to shoot don't take the shot <laughs> but he said he wasn't going to listen when he found that much space at twenty five yards out and um, I think he's very happy that he, he certainly took that on because it was an absolute crack and a goal that will be remembered for a while if City are to take out the title. Nerves of steel and very courageous for him to have a ping from that far out. Uh, just shows his leadership and is he one of the best captains in the Premier League era? We'll ask the crowd that, but what do you guys think? Oh, I think he's got to go down as one of the best. We've, he always steps up on the big occasion. He always comes up and scores or he he puts in the tackle that saves the club. Um, 
in my opinion, he's probably up there with the likes of Roy Keane, John Terry, uh, Patrick Vieira, even Steven Gerrard in the Premier League era. He's up there as one of the best captains. Exactly right. I think that over the last decade, he's certainly got a shout to be the best. But um, yeah, no, fantastic. And when you talk about the names you've just mentioned, there's some great, um, great, not pardon the pun, company to be in. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's been absolutely fantastic for them. Um, and yeah, it'll be, go down as one of the legends at, at Man City. Moments that, there were moments in that game where I thought that it looked like all, all the, the stuff that's happened to Liverpool in the recent weeks and their late goals and the free kicks that they've been awarded, it seemed, it seemed their desin, destiny that they would win the title. And that was all until Vincent Company scored a cracker like that. Um, even in, during that game, when he was coming up for the corners, I had a feeling that Company would be the guy that get, gets the goal for Manchester City, wins them the title. Didn't expect him to, to score with his foot. I, score, I expected him to score with his head, which we, we're used to seeing from him. But for Manchester City now, 13 wins in a row. Jurgen Klopp said during the week that Liverpool couldn't do anything else to win the title. They've done their best, but Manchester City, they're a machine. They're an absolute winning machine, which are hard to break. Exactly right. And even though I think Pep came out as Jurgen Klopp's counterparts and said that Liverpool's season has been one of the best he's seen um, for some time. Um, and it just goes to show the season we're having. You know, there, there's a... 94 points with one game in hand for Liverpool. I think you win two, I think bar two seasons since 1992, every, you would have win the league with that kind of record. So fantastic for them. Um, and they're, what, they're only one loss for the season, which was to City in January in that 2-1 loss. Um, so, yeah, Jurgen Klopp has to be applauded for his efforts, absolutely. And the fact that they're not going to, or potentially not going to take out the title with with a you know like what ninety seven points with a win against Wolves um, is is an amazing effort and astounding record I guess. They do still have to play one more game each of these sides. Liverpool play Wolves at home while Manchester City travelled to face Brighton. Matt Ryan's Brighton. They got a draw against Arsenal on the weekend, Brighton. But before that, their performances were woeful. Is there any chance that they? can cause an upset and spoil Manchester City's title hopes. It was a disappointing Arsenal, by the way, so it wasn't like it was a... Uh, there's, a there's a gap between Manchester City and Arsenal, but is yeah. there any chance that Brighton can can do can, can bring out a surprise and take a point off Manchester City? There is a chance. Uh, Matt Ryan, if he has a cracker of a game. Um, but it's, it's tough because anything can happen in football. We've seen in the past... Um, just, weird moments that have happened. So there is a chance, but if Manchester City can be on their game, then I think they'll secure it. Yeah, if there's ever a weekend for something drastic to happen, it's going to be match day 38. Um, I wouldn't, I couldn't possibly think about tipping Brighton at all, um, even for a draw. I think that uh, the, the game that City were to drop, if any, was this morning's match, and they got over the line just that in Archo miss. Massive moment, I guess. Liverpool fans absolutely shattered because you'd back him in to score that. Um, and against his, you know, parents slash former club, um, yeah, you, I guess Pep would have been pretty happy. But um, yeah, skin of the teeth from this morning, I guess Man City. But um, yeah, going into into the next weekend, I think they'll get the job done comfortably and take out the title. In Liverpool, place Wolves. You expect them to beat Wolves, or is it, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? Because Wolves are still fine for that seventh place. And Wolves have beaten quite a few top six. They've already beaten well. Liverpool in the FA Cup this year. Yeah, they've beaten Arsenal. They've beaten Manchester United, uh, Chelsea. Chelsea. Oh. I think Tottenham as well. I think they've at least picked up points, and they took points off Manchester City. Exactly right. They've they've been a a, a 
dangerous side for all those top six sides. And it, it could be the same for Liverpool, I think, that um, it'd be great to see both Brighton and, and Wolves push both sides very far into the game. Um, and, yeah, that's what, exactly what we want, an exciting contest, when, especially when all games are played at the same time as well. Um, when you know trying to flick through both both channels and, and games and you know something you might miss something and pop over the other one and um, yeah drama is all is all we can really ask for from here on out um, and I think that's what we're going to get and with uh, uh, that game as well Man, Liverpool they they had a win this weekend oh, last weekend over Newcastle a three two victory over Newcastle uh, fortunate to get the free kick which led to the goal but again they show that they can get a result when things aren't looking right for them. Mohamed Salah off injured with uh, a knock to the head. They bring on Divock Origi. They also brought on Jordan Shakiri and they find a way to score. Exactly right. Um, yeah, just the, the super subs once again, um, when you can rely on players to you know fill in the shoes of Mo Salah, who's yeah out with that concussion, out for tomorrow's fixture with Firmino as well against Barcelona, which we'll, we'll touch on a bit later. But um yeah, no, fantastically done. Super sub Shakiri with the assist. And, and I'm not sure if you guys saw the footage of, of Van Dyke instructing Shakiri to take that free kick that, that was the inevitable assist on, uh, on for Divock Rigi's winner. But um, yeah, great leadership from Van Dyke as well. Um, and yeah, look, I think that, um, like we've said with Liverpool, these are just the, the wins you need to, to keep pressing on into the league and, and continuing their run of, of, you know, one loss for the whole season. So fantastic for them. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's set up a, a great weekend ahead. What about the foul awarded to Liverpool when uh, Fabino went down slight with slight contact and it was an awarded a foul, which then led to the free kick, which was the goal? Tim, what's going on? The, the referee's right there. To, the, the official is there. He can see it. Why does he pay a free kick there? No idea. It wasn't a free kick, in my opinion. A bit of simulation. Well, he milked it, but... Is, I, I don't know what was going through the referee's mind. All the fans saw that it was there was no contact. Yeah, there's the camera camera angle just over the shoulder of of the linesman, and it just looks as if Fabino's playing for the for the tackle. He's kind of you know waiting for the for the challenge to come in before going to ground. So a bit disappointing. I think that the call was made. It would have been you know no one would have you know blinked an eye if um if they just you know, told play on you know or even given away a foul for simulation and that's certainly going to change the result you'd think that you know if somehow things don't go city's way this weekend um you know a lot of people are going to start bringing up a lot of these these things that have gone in the way of liverpool um and i think it's been a fortunate season for them i'm not saying they're getting the rubbing of the ref but um they've certainly had um you know a few lucky instances especially in this last month or two so um yeah, look, they've gotten out of this hole. Well, not a hole necessarily, but gotten out of this uh, a, 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 the occasional uncomfortable situation um, with the help of the whistle. So um, once again, look, they got the win and set up for a fantastic season. So um, I'm not too unhappy with the with the three-two uh, win, but obviously how it got there is is a bit. Um, I'm a bit skeptical. What about the goal line saved by Trent Alexander-Arnold? Yeah, you've seen them given being given red cards before, obviously. When it falls straight back to Atsu and the, and the and the goals scored within seconds, the referee can kind of just you know less advantage well, to be given. But the, you have seen those kind of blocks, goal line blocks, with you know obviously handball um, given as red cards before. Well, the, in the rule book, the official rule states that he didn't really impede on the goal because they scored from the follow up. If and really, what should have been awarded was a yellow card should have been given to Alexander Arnold for it. If they miss that follow up. 
the referee has to pay a penalty there, and that's when um, Alexander Arnold could be given a red card. So he's what you're saying is fortunate that Atsu managed to pounce on the second. Yeah, he's fortunate inside. that he pounced on it, but he should have been awarded Still yellow. A, a yellow card. Yeah. So well, he wasn't sitting on a yellow, was he, no. at that point? No. So, yeah, so I, I'm fantastic to the refs, obviously, you know, been able to be able to call play on and, and Alexander Arnold will be playing the next weekend. But, um, yeah, obviously that was a lot of fans going to have a fair bit to say when you do have that goal line stops with, you know, that it isn't part of the body. So, um, no, fan, but look, the, whole, the whole verdict from, from both weekends games between City and Liverpool is certainly... Um, exactly what I think fans were after. Both teams getting a win. Um, and look, the, I didn't actually know this, but there's a potential for a playoff to be played yeah. if everything goes right. No, Jurgen Klopp was questioned about it, and he was trying to add it up in the press conference, and he was having a bit of fun. But um, that would be a, a magnificent scene if that was to take place. Very difficult, but you know where the season's gone so far, it'd be only fitting for those two sides to play off um, for one last time. Let's talk about the top four race now, and it, it looks like Tottenham and Chelsea are going to finish in the top four after Manchester City and Arsenal drew to Huddersfield and Brighton. Uh, Manchester United, yeah. sorry, not City. <laughs> uh, Chelsea, a, a comfortable victory on the weekend. Well, what I liked in that game, uh, we saw Kante come off with a hamstring injury and they played Loftus-Cheeks in that position and they seemed such a better side with two attacking midfielders than one defensive midfielder playing in that attacking position. Surrey sees that now and he sees the result that they have. Is it time for him to start playing the two uh, proper central midfielders instead of a CDM in that attacking position? I loved it. I liked how they played. And I've always thought that Loftus-Cheeks is a real dynamic midfielder and he, he certainly showed that once coming on um, for Surrey. And I thought that, yeah, the, the, that's been... Them, like they've had problems down back and they struggle to find goals. Um, from their main men, but their midfield has been one that's been questioned a lot this season with their form. You know, Kante continually out of position, Jorginho, Kovacic, you know, where, where do we fit them in? And then, yeah, you have a player like Loftus-Cheek come into this game um, and, you know, have an outstanding game in midfield. And it just shows that, you know, Surrey has got this this uh, opportunity with the players he's got in midfield and just has to mix it around a bit and, and move away from the style of play he really wanted to implement into the side this season. So you never know, I guess, maybe moving into next season, we could see it's certainly a different setup for Surrey Ball. And with the other teams in that, uh, that, that race as well, United and Arsenal, disappointing performances. We could talk all day about those two sides, but let's just wrap it up for both of them. Both of them didn't deserve to make the top four this year. That's a fact. If... If Arsenal make the Champions League by winning the Europa League, then fair enough. But on their season, Premier League season form, they didn't deserve a top four spot. Arsenal had that run early in the season, but the finish to the season has been just horrid. Um, uh, I think a massive clean-out is needed at at, um, at Arsenal. Just four matches they've played, the last four matches, and only one point out of them, that's embarrassing. And United as well, not... Uh, well, just as bad as Arsenal, probably even worse. Uh, one nil, a uh, one-all draw with Huddersfield, a side considered one of the worst in the history of the Premier League. <laughs> Couldn't beat them. Um, yeah, it's not looking pretty, is it? Well, uh, you, you mentioned both sides having you know, amazing amount of parallels with their season so far. Um, Arsenal's four-game winless run was the first time they've done that since February 2016, and you know what a worse time to have it. And I think Manchester United were the first top six side to drop a single point against the three relegated sides. So that's, that finally one of them has picked up a point. But um, unfortunately, it's come against Manchester United. 
um, to well, you know second last game of the season. So that just shows where they're at at the moment. Um, Gunnar Solskjaer said that they he did, they don't deserve Champions League. Simple as that. That um, not necessarily that you know Europa League was fitting for them, but um, yeah, he didn't think that they had the caliber um, to take out the champion, champion uh, Champions League spot. Um, but yeah, look, going into next season for now. Both sides need to spend money. We know one side can and one side probably won't be able to in Arsenal. So it'll be interesting to see how they both move about that. One side can, but won't spend it properly. Won't spend it properly. That's what going off. Yeah, Arsenal history. won't spend money, so they won't be able to not <laughs> spend it properly. Exactly right. But um, yeah, look, it's not all doom and gloom for Arsenal. Exactly. They still have that opportunity to get into the Champions League with the Europa League title, um, which is, you know, looking likely at the moment. We'll touch on that a bit later as well. But. For Manchester United, yeah, a D D minus season, I guess you'd say, or not entirely a fail, but um, oh, it's a fail. I wouldn't label it an F. I don't think. I think they've found positives. What, what positives in their young players? Which young players? McTominay once again on the weekend was was fantastic for them, and I think that look, I think Oli is still not the man, but he's one of the right men. There's there's you know only a certain amount of managers they could have gotten and with Pochettino pretty much ruled out, I think Oli was one of the still one of the better selections. So look yeah, we're gonna expect a clean out um at Old Trafford. And I think like Tim said, similar to Arsenal potentially, but um yeah, two sides that uh I think certainly need uh a uh, little bit of a changeover. Just a little bit we'll say. <laughs> not too bad. but um yeah look I think Europa League football, once again, for both sides, could just be the refresher they need again. Friday night, early morning wake-ups. That's the way to go for United and Arsenal fans. Uh, let's move on to the relegation battle. Well, it's not a battle anymore because Cardiff City's 3-2 loss to Crystal Palace ensure that they drop back down to the championship. Neil Warnock, um, <laughs> <laughs> the footage of Neil Warnock. <laughs> Tim, you're laughing at it? Yeah, it was gold. Uh, all the... the Footage of him following the camera. Yeah, with the different songs as well. <laughs> um, uh, do we expect Neil Warnock to stay at Cardiff? He, he loves the fans, but is it time for Cardiff to move on from Neil Warnock football? No, I think hold on to him. I think that what he what he's done the last well, since joining the club um, and the the ride that they have taken to get through. I thought they were quite lucky to well, not lucky to get through last season, but didn't think they were the strongest outfit coming out of the the championship. Um, and I think that look, going straight back down is always going to be, you know, doom and gloom. But um, no, they've got they've got an outfit that I don't think they have that many players that will be wanting to stay up in the Premier League. I think that a lot of them find themselves um, staying with the club is probably the best option for them, um, and they'll probably see themselves as you know great Championship players. And I think that'll be um, exciting for Neil Warnock's side if he's able to you know hold on to a lot of these players. Um, and, yeah, I think with the outfit they've got, they'll certainly have a push for a championship title once again. Um, as And that is under Neil Warnock. Well, seven of the players who started Warnock's first game at the club in 2016, when they were second bottom in the championship, made close to 200 appearances in the Premier League this season. That just over, over seven players, also yeah. almost 30 apiece. That's very good. Uh, I expect them to be challenging for automatic promotion back into the Premier League next season as well. Tim, what do you expect to happen at Cardiff? Uh, I think they'll challenge for promotion, but if they do get promoted, then it'll probably be the same story um, under Neil Warnock, unfortunately. Yeah, Ben, we'll talk about the upcoming Champions League yep. and Europa League clashes this week. Yeah. We've got one tomorrow. Yeah, so we've got Liverpool and Barcelona. 3-0 lead to Barcelona, so surely they're, they're through to the final. 
dominant. That messy free kick says it all, doesn't it? Well, how are you supposed to stop him? <laughs> um, <laughs> Two crackers in a week have cost Liverpool arguably a Champions League place in the Premier League title. Company's goal this morning, and that's Messi's- kind of if you're a Liverpool fan, you kind of just throw your hands up and say, "What more can we do?" I don't know exactly <laughs> right. Beat, come- beat West Ham at the London Stadium in January. Oh, well, <laughs> well um, yeah. Look, you, you, when you look at um, the fixture from last weekend, you don't see Liverpool pushing through, especially with Salah and Firmino ruled out. Um, I think Salah's sets for a return against Wolves, unfortunately, but. Um, yeah, look, I, this isn't obviously going to be very easy um, with the players that can come in. Look, the Liverpool's depth's strong, but I think that that next level's going to probably be tested. What was it last year when Barcelona lost to Roma? Was it that, that, it was a 4-1 lead in the first leg uh, after the camp now, and then but Roma won 3-0 in the second leg. I'm That's, pretty sure. That sounds right, but um, yeah, look... I, it can happen. It can. It certainly can. We've seen what the Champions League does, with, especially with Barcelona involved, what can happen. Um, uh, this would be massive, obviously, for Liverpool, and it would be fantastic to see um, an, an English side in the final um, if Tottenham aren't to get through as well. But, um, yeah, look, it, you can't rule anything out. Premier League, UCL, um, any competition, it's, it's, it's never over until the fat lady sings. But um, this is going to be a tough run. Um, a lot's going to rely on that 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 back four to be pressing forward. They have got a fantastic attacking back line, uh, Liverpool. But with yeah, with the names out, you know, we're going to need Mane, Shakiri, even Origi to step up against you know the world's best. Do you think Alexander Arnold will start at right back? Gomez started right back uh, in the first leg. I'd like to see the balance of of. I think you'd have to play with the, with the attacking prowess that they're going to need. You know, three plus goals um, over ninety minutes. They're gonna have to. I'd like to see Gomez matched with Van Dijk in in the center, and and you, uh, maybe a change in formation later into the game if they have to push Alexander Arnold up. Gomez can go wide. They go three at the back, and Robertson pushes up along with him. So, um, yeah, it'd be. Uh, I reckon Jurgen Klopp might have something up his sleeve because he's gonna have to you know throw a few curveballs um, to to certainly you know ignite something into his side to to have any chance against Barcelona. And the second match, yeah. So Tottenham will travel to the Netherlands to play Ajax. Uh, a 1-0 um, lead to the Dutch side. Uh, they played some really good football that first leg, so they've got the upper Con- hand. Constant moving off the ball, Ajax. It's brilliant to watch the young players as well. Attacking, defensive-wise, everything about them. They're great to watch Ajax, and I think that they'll get the job done against Tottenham. Yeah, fantastic for such a young group to be playing great football. I don't think they've honestly been one of the, obviously they're in the semi-final of the Champions League, but have been one of the best clubs um, in this this season. Um, and yeah, you, you can talk about the youth that they have and and who will remain at the, the side next season because they do get shocked a lot by some of the giants of Europe. But um, yeah, no credit to where it's due. I'm actually tipping Tottenham. I think that. We might see um, a bit of an upset, and they would. And there, there has only been one side in the previous seventeen that have progressed after losing the first home leg, and that was Ajax in ninety five, ninety six. So could flip the tables here for the Spurs, and I'm actually tipping them two nil victors. Yeah, onto the Europa League now. We got Valencia and Arsenal in Spain, a three one lead to Arsenal. So Valencia have the away goal, but if Arsenal score this match, then. Out a bit. Yeah, it's funny Arsenal because they form so they perform so well in the Europa League, but struggle in the Premier League. They're devoting all their effort now into Europa, and I think that they will get the job done again. Yeah, uh, absolutely. In, in uh, Spain. Yeah, I think that the Aubameyang 
what 90th minute goal is going to be the the one that's certainly going to be the biggest helping hand for them. I'd expect Valencia to maybe get one through, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm going maybe a one nil Valencia, one all low scoring affair, and Arsenal progressing to the final. And the other one, Chelsea host Eintracht, uh, one all in the first leg. I didn't get to watch the game, but. Uh, Look, the home advantage is going to be massive, obviously, for Chelsea in the away, the away goal. Jovic getting on the scoreboard as well. As, you know, the form he's been in over this season, he's one of the most wanted men. Um, and we, we knew that... Reportedly um, going to Real Madrid. Yeah, I think that with... You know, even This could be a playoff between him and Hazard, who, who could be both teammates next season at the Bernabeu. But, um, yeah, look, I think that with what we mentioned in the preview for the first leg, how you know attacking Frankfurt can be... Um, there's certainly going to be backs to the wall for Chelsea once again, but I'm I'm actually going to be tipping an all English final. What do you make of that video of Hazard filmed by Chelsea fans? Uh, some reports saying that it was evidence that he's leaving at the end of the season. I, that's not helpful. If you're if you're sorry or you're a Chelsea fan, you're sitting there and you've watched that. You, I think you're going to think he's gone. He's kind of that cheeky little head shake for those that haven't <laughs> seen it. We might upload it to our socials, but um, that's. Not the, that's probably the last thing you want to be seeing at the moment. I recall a video with Swaj Aurier, a fan asking if he's going to join Arsenal, and he said yes, and he never did. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't take a lot out of it. Um, also, Gary Cahill, uh, some interesting words to say this week. Yeah, um, basically blasted Sarri for the way he's been treated, uh, not playing any minutes and having no explanation why he hasn't been given uh, minutes this season. So he's another player leaving at the end of the current campaign. And also on Arsenal's side, Danny Welbeck, his contract will not be renewed and he's leaving on a free transfer. Um, what do we make of Gary uh, of Danny Welbeck's career at Arsenal? $16 million they paid for him. Uh, he did win the FA Cup with the Gunners. What do you make of that, Tim? Two moments that stand out. The winner against Leicester in their championship winning season and also the FA Cup match between Arsenal and United, the winner there as well. But apart from that, a bit disappointing. Yeah, I think that, you know, it was, I was riddled with injury, but I, it was fantastic fantastic to see him with a career after United because, uh, you know, a lot of people thought, whilst he does deserve it, who's going to pick him up? And it's great to see him at Arsenal. I think he's still got time in the Premier League and he's still got a lot of future ahead of him. Yeah, well, Van Gaal always said that he was uh, just a, a squad player, but... I think when he when he was fit at Arsenal, he showed that he was more than just a squad player. They see me rolling. Right, the second last roll in eleven for the season, and no changes. So this could, I think, we could be heading into a massive affair of um, if certain results go certain ways. So a reminder of the squad is Allison in goals, Juan Bissaka, Virgil Van Dijk, Laporte, and Robertson in that back four. Fernandinho in centre defensive midfield, Dukure and Bernardo Silva in central midfield with Mane and Sterling out wide and Aguero up front. But I guess we could see, you know, Matt Doherty's been fantastic since we've dropped him out. I think he's picked up a couple of assists. And if he does have a great game against Liverpool, he certainly could take one Bissaka's place. Um, and you never know if Laporte is to be faulted in, uh, in a Man City loss. He could be out. But, yeah, I think there's certainly a few spots up for grabs going into the last week. We're going to take a break now and we'll be back with the English Football League. Welcome back to the English Football Show right here on FNR Football Nation Radio. We're not going to have that stinger next year because Will Griggs has been hopeless at Sunderland. <laughs> he's extinguished. Waste of three million uh, pounds. Let's talk about the championship now. Um, final week in the championship. Norwich City claimed the title, which we all expected to happen. Sheffield United drew with Stoke City, and Leeds United lost to Ipswich. 
Yeah, uh, look, unfortunately for for, Le- um, for Leeds, obviously it's hasn't affected their, their season too late for the promotion. But um, and but you also you want the best form possible heading into the playoffs and. You know, coming up against Derby, who managed to clinch that final spot um, with, a, with a, a nice win over West Brom as well, another playoff competitor. So, um, yeah, I think Derby are, are, are looking fantastic. The two lower sides in, in them and Villa um, could certainly be, be heading into both series favourites, um, which is you know fantastic for them. Um, but the last, we talk about the Villa-West Brom first, or are we still touching on Norwich and Sheffield for oh, now? Let's just talk about Norwich. Uh, there was an article... In the Guardian, and uh, Daniel Fark said that he won't. They won't be signing fifteen players like Fulham did last season. They're going to try and keep continuity at the club, and also their chief exec- executive. Um, uh, I forgot his first name, but Weber, his surname is. Uh, he said that they're probably going to have most likely have the smallest budget next season in the Premier League, and the least amount of money to spend. But also, what Daniel Fark said is. We can't stay in the Premier League with individual quality and expensive players. We have to stay in the Premier League with our identity, philosophy, work ethic and principles and we'll be 100% stick to our plans. So that's, that's fantastic to hear from a manager and, and the chairman as well and I think that with that mindset, it's exactly what you want to have going into the season. But I think it's easier said than done. You know, you're gonna have, they have a, 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 probably a dozen players who will be probably scouted for from higher Premier League clubs and a lot of money will be thrown their way. And, you know, once, you know, maybe you drop, you might lose one or two players to these higher clubs because of, you know, they said they are on a restricted, um, you know, restricted uh, funds to, to spend. So well, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron's, Lewis, Buendia are all, you know, highly chased after if they're at the club. But why would you want to leave? I, You wouldn't want to leave. Your first season in the Premier League, they're performing well at Norwich City and they appear to have a start in place next season, why would you want to leave and go to another club? Yeah, exactly right. I think that what they've got there is fantastic. Um, and But the club might, you know, be put into a position to think that, you know, is this maybe if we can spare one player. They do have great depth at the side as well. Don't forget that. But, um, you know, we, what we, I liked what we did see from, you know, a Ryan Sesson Young type last season remaining at the club was, you know, Fulham didn't have the season they were after. He still had a fantastic season and probably might get moved on from a Premier League club. So I would love to see the whole squad stay there, especially that youthful group. But there have been rumours that United have Man United might be after a Ben Godfrey type. Yeah, that was um, what Rio Ferdinand's. No, nah, sorry, sorry, Ferdinand did say. Ferdinand that, didn't suggested he? to uh, United they should sign Ben Godfrey. Similarities between Rio, but you know he's, oh. got, he's got a fair bit to go. I think Ferdinand's been linked to the director role. Oh, really? the yeah at Manchester United. There you go, first name on the list. Ben Godfrey. Look, that'd be a fantastic <laughs> for Ben, but I think that United. You know, certainly push for stronger talent. But in saying that, yeah, Norwich have been fantastic. And I think if they do hold on to a lot of their main group, um, then they will avoid relegation. I think uh, Freo Ferdinand likes him because he's got that little bit of a chin hair like <laughs> Rio Ferdinand. Uh, Sheffield United as well. The celebrations last week, uh, during the week after it was announced that they would be promoted. It was a lot, wasn't it? It was carried through. <laughs> um, obviously, I don't think they were too fussed on the title. No, they didn't um, care. They were pretty happy with the promotion. And Wild, was, Wilder had a wild night. He did. He's <laughs> he had a wild week. He had a fantastic week, and he's had a fantastic uh, career at Sheffield. And there was um, Ben Mayhew, once again, he does a lot of the analysis um, for the EFL, and, and he put out um, a table of, of, you know, the percent of this uh, each side season from Championship 2, League 2, and... Um, you know, how long they were in front in each game, how long the scores were tied and how often they were behind. And Sheffield United spent less time, spent 
less than an hour across all 23 home games behind. Really? Yeah. Over 23 home games, 23 times 90. Not quick on my maths right now, but less than an hour over every home game behind, which, and for their whole season, only were behind at 9.6%. So it just shows, you know, how fantastic their you know, defense was in, in, I think obviously, you know, Henderson winning the Golden Glove as well. Um, and that just shows I think they might be, just be the strongest team coming out of the championship. With that same stat, Norwich were behind for 22% of the season, it may have been. 20.8% now with the, um, the season's over that um, that they were ahead. And, you, you know, you look at sides, unfortunately, the other end of the table, Bolton were only in front for 11.1%. Um, and, you know... Uh, down the well, midway, this Leeds is probably the most concerning. Only in front for 27.9% and we're behind for 258 So I think a lot of that's been factored into their last couple months of football. But um, back to Sheffield United, yeah, fantastic season. And when you look at the stats like that, you can see, well, they're well-deserved of promotion. Yeah, we'll talk about Leeds United now. And uh, we'll talk about the, the playoff uh, games. And the first one, of course, will be... Uh, well, we've got Aston Villa and West Brom. They're Saturday night at 9.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Match we'll be looking forward to. And then uh, Derby and Leeds play Sunday morning, 2.15pm. Uh, which game do you want to start with? We'll start with Villa, West Brom. Um, yeah, I reckon this is going to be a tight one. As, as great as Villa's form has been, and, and whilst West Brom have you know, dropped a fair bit, they haven't really been playing their strongest outfit. Um, and Villa actually haven't won or beaten uh, West Brom since... March 2015, and I think it was a 2-0 win. Fabian Delph and Scott Sinclair were the goal scorers. So that kind of shows you the, the time back from there for Villa. But, um, no, look, I think that for them, they're going to be heavily, heavily relying on their defence, which is you know, quite funny when – or something they have done a lot of the season, but they've got leadership now through, you know, Tyron Mings. And I think House has been fantastic since signing. So it just shows that their January signings have been, you know, very strong for them, and, and they're going to be the, the, that centrepiece um, and the focal point if they are to get through. And Twinsaby as well, who has uh, he's been playing pretty well as well since coming back from a broken foot. Uh, what do we expect to happen in this encounter? Who do we expect to win? Well, we'll talk about the first leg and then who we expect to win overall. First leg, I reckon Aston Villa. Uh, overall, I reckon Aston Villa as well. <laughs> yeah, I think Villa will get a maybe a one or two nil win this week and then manage to hold a draw away at West Brom for the second leg. So um, as long, I think if they yeah, if they don't concede. Um, away this weekend, then they'll certainly be in the prime position and um, they'll take out a spot in the final. Yeah, I expect the same. I think Villa will be a bit too strong for West Brom. West Brom, they've been good, but I just don't... I'm a bit wary of their defence. They've struggled all season. Um, Sam Johnson hasn't been the same goalkeeper he was last season at Aston Villa. And Villa, we know, can score for fun if they want. So I expect them to uh, progress to Wembley. And the second match we have... Of course, will be Derby and Leeds United. Uh, as as you said in the our intro, the Spygate Derby. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting affair. I uh, wonder what's how the, much. <laughs> what's the odds of Frank Lampard, like celebrating doing a little bit of something like that'd be interesting. I wouldn't mind that from Frank. But yeah, over the season, Leeds what six one aggregate over the two games, and there was that four one um, away for them again to Derby as well. So um, yeah, form for the season. Over the Rams was you know obviously strong, but you know you can talk about their last month and a half, and it's n- they're not looking like clear favourites anymore. I still think they'll progress, but I don't think with like I think they're pretty lucky with the depth they've had. Obviously, their injuries at the moment have, is almost the worst that it has been all season, and with Bamford out as well, first game, 
Um, That's a blessing. It is, yeah. <laughs> well, you see Akima roost back in the side and skied a penalty that would have probably won them the game against Ipswich. So, look, I don't think anyone's got their shooting boots on at Allen Road at the moment. Well, they're form in 2019. They've played 21 games, won 10, drawn two, and not had nine defeats. I think five losses in their last nine, isn't it, as well? Yeah, and so. they lost to a 10-man, uh, was it the 10-man Brentford or the game before that? that they, uh, 10-man Wigan. Uh, yeah, Wigan. Wigan. That's it, yep. And they lost to a 10-man Ipswich Town this week. Not great. Not good at all for Legion. I don't think that they will be getting promoted. I could see Derby coming through and uh, Mason Mount and Harry Wilson dominating this encounter. Yeah, I think 1-0 Derby in the first leg. I think that... This is going to be an interesting affair. I think if the young players from Derby can lift, you know, you said Milson, Wilson, Mount, Tamori, Bogle on the weekend was fantastic. And he's been, he's the youngest player in that side. Um, yeah, he's been absolutely awesome at right back for them. So, um, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a very close fixture and one that we might see head into extra time if needed. Reports today that Tom Lawrence will be suspended for his dive against West Brom on the weekend. Do you expect him to be suspended or do you expect him to play in the playoffs? I, I reckon we could see it being carried out, really? the suspension. I think that what obviously happened with Bamford and you look at Dwight Gowler in the season against Nottingham. Um, yeah, the FA have certainly ruled suspensions and, and handed out suspensions for these kind of games, similar to the, the Gale one, I'd say. Um, there was like It looked like there might have been the smallest bit of contact, but he went down way too easy. And I think a lot of people have seen that. Um, as simulations, so um, yeah, obviously, if they're going off, consi- if they, you want to be consistent as possible, the FA, and if if they are to send that through, um, then I think yeah, we'll be looking at a two-game suspension. Yet again, we see this. There's no consistency in their result in who they suspend the FA because if you're going to suspend Tom Lawrence for it, why don't you suspend Mohamed Salah for diving or Anthony Martial for diving a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I think that. We have some probably blurred lines between the EFL and the EPL and how they have hands, handed out suspensions. Isn't it the same authority that hands them I would down? have thought so, yeah, but uh, that's what I'm saying. It just seems to be, you know, they go consistency and they go off the history of the same league and not necessarily um, show that, show that you know, uh, incidences in other leagues or higher tiers. So, um, yeah, look, if obviously there's been you know, a lot throughout the Premier League this season that haven't been called and they've probably held back a bit. But when we've seen the championship, we've had, I think this, this might be the fourth or fifth suspension for the season at least that has been because of simulation yeah, we've got to see consistency it all started last year with that Oman Nias suspension when he dived and then we, they didn't follow through with other players that started diving and I think that they should start handing out uh, suspensions for people that dive and even Fabino for his dive on the weekend hand, hand him a suspension for it because it cost Newcastle United a point in that game uh, before we leave the championship uh, Tony Pulis and Middlesbrough, they didn't make the playoffs and Tony Pulis is there not for style but for results. And Middlesbrough, with, with the amount of money they've spent in the past two seasons and with Tony Pulis as manager, they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, Pulis said that he's going to have a word with the uh, chief executive at Middlesbrough to work out his future at the club. Do we expect him to be there next season? I think he's got uh, a, enough reason to be. I think that towards in the end of the season with you know, how his style of play and how much he relies on that defensive strength. Um, he did have a lot of injuries. Frey was out for, you know, majority of that final third of the season. Flint as well, another one battling injury. Um, and I think if they just can refill stocks up forward, you know, I think Asambolonga's had a great season for them and, and Fletcher's certainly come to terms with um, his uh, a better run of form in the second half of the year. But, yeah, I think that uh, like a standard 
standard Tony Pulis side. They just need to find a flare-up forwards whilst trying to play the same gameplay as a defensive unit. So, um, yeah, I think he deserves to be signed on or, or, or remaining with Middlesbrough for next season. Um, but, yeah, if they're not having a, a strong start, um, we know how ruthless they can be with um, their appointments or, or and their firings. Yeah, I can see him staying, but I don't see him achieving much with him. Uh, 40, 46 goals in 41 matches this season for Middlesbrough. Not good enough at all if you want to make the playoffs. Uh, let's move on to League One. And this, it was a phenomenal night uh, on Saturday night, Sunday morning in the League One. Some incredible uh, results, uh, surprise relegations as well. We'll start from at the top and Luton. Uh, Crown champions after beating Oxford 3-1, while Barnsley lost 2-1 to Bristol Rovers. Uh, a ro- uh, what is it? Gas, Gas Perth, Jerry, yeah. he'll be happy with that Jerry result. Will be. Um, Luton, they deserve that title. Being the best team all season, that 28-match unbeaten run. Uh, last few weeks, they've struggled slightly, but still, they deserve to win this title. And congratulations to Luton Town for what they've been able to achieve. Yeah, exactly right. We you know, Nathan Jones' exit... Everyone thought that they they still believed in the football group and they had and under McHarford, I think they were, they were fantastic for them. Um, and, yeah, deservingly so. They were the best team whilst the couple of hiccups, like you mentioned. Um, yeah, it was fantastic to see them win, take out that title. Um, and with Buns, you know, losing anyway, they've, they've got their promotion straight back up into the championship with what I think is going to be a lot stronger outfit than what they had last season in the championship as well. So higher squad under 24 years of age. Exactly right. That just shows that, you know, they've got this growing, um, yeah, this, this growing uh, unitedness. And, and I think that, um, yeah, you look at players like Mowat. I'd love to see a player like Kenny Dougal remain at the club. Miles, he might not get the minutes. Um, he, I think he, he would be still a, a, a perfect player as one of those role players. But um, just jumping down to the playoffs, Charlton and Doncaster. Charlton managed to push up into that um, into that top spot for the playoffs and uh, we'll have, yeah, and take on Doncaster. It'll be an interesting fixture. I think that, firstly, we'll start with Charlton. I think they've got 10 wins, four draws and one loss in their last 15. Just shows the run they had. And they were probably one of the, the or arguably the best side in that last you know, 15 games or so. Um, they had the best record with, I think, a 26-8 to eight goal um, difference. And uh, Lyle Taylor's been fantastic since uh, Carlin Grant went to Huddersfield. And, and you look it over to the other, their counterparts in Doncaster, John Marquis has been you know, one of the best strikers this season. So those two are going to play a massive role, and I think you'd expect both of them to get onto the scoreboard um, sometime over the both legs. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tip Charlton in that. I think Charlton's been one of those surprise teams that no one's really talking about when you consider the likes of Portsmouth and Sunderland also in the playoffs. But as we've said previously, what Lee Boy has been able to achieve as Charlton manager this season with everything going on uh, in the background been incredible for the club and for Boyer himself and he's proven his credentials and maybe one day move up the tiers and manage uh, in the championship and maybe even the Premier League one day. So I'm, I'm tipping Charlton to uh, travel to Wembley in the final. Yeah, I think that I think they'll push through. I think it'll be by the skin of their teeth. We know they like to play with width. Bielek is another one that is one of those midfielders that can push out wide and you talk about you know Doncaster's central midfielders. Herbie Kane's been fantastic this season. Ali Crawford, another one um, they'll put a lot of pressure in that midfield, and if they can get you know control of the ball and then push out wide, then the Rovers stand in a, um, a very strong chance. But I think that yeah, Charlton will just have too much for them. 
um, and yeah, process through to the um, the final. Yeah, I think Charlton as well. Maybe not winning the first leg, but overall, I think Charlton will go through. And the other big encounter, it's the replay of the Chicka Trade Trophy, Portsmouth and Sunderland. Portsmouth, oh, there was a couple of weeks back, we expected them to get that automatic promotion. They didn't end up doing it, but now they're in the playoffs and, and seem to be in form where Sunderland enter the playoffs in horrible form, lacking confidence and lacking goals. Yeah, well, you know, I lost to, to South End to finish the season. Braden South End. Braden <laughs> South End, who we'll talk about um, shortly in the relegation um, hotspot. But Echuca um, is going wild at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most action Echuca's had in the past 50 years. <laughs> look, they, they, obviously, they didn't have the, their strongest um, 11 against the Shrimpers, but um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm actually expecting them to get their revenge over Portsmouth. I think the Black Cats will actually progress. Um, overall, over each side, and then they'll they'll be in the championship next season. But like you said, Portsmouth first in that Checker Trade final replay. Um, a lot is going to rely on I think Portsmouth. I know whilst um, you know we know Sunderland have had a sporadic run of form um, in the second half of the year. I think that they'll they'll just manage to find a click. They they haven't been you know like I said having the strongest eleven, and once they bring them in, they'll have this fantastic outfit to play against. But Portsmouth, Matt Clark will once again have to play a major role. Jamal Lowe, another one. Pittman, Hawkins, all these players that um, have gotten them to this point um, are going to have to do it again. I think that, um, <clears throat> pardon me, that it, it, this, will, this is going to be another thriller. This is going to be a fantastic fixture, but yeah, I am tipping Black Cats. Will Adam McGeady be fit for the match? Uh, he's got a foot injury. I think it might even be a broken foot. Uh, he is a key for Sunderland. We know he's, his style, he's... Um, how good he is, and they rely on him as their as their outlet on the wing. Do you expect him to be fit enough to play? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's coming into the first leg as a substitute, um, or if you know Ross doesn't decide to use him whatsoever. But he's going to play a massive role in the second leg, bar none. If they're, if they're back to the wall in that second leg, he's got to be the man that's that's leading the way. Um, and I think that he, yeah, look, they've got you know, plenty of potential replacements, but he's been you know, their best player for this season. And what formation do they play with? Do they start Grigan Wikes up front in the four four two or do they go back to their four two three one? that's what they went with against Shrimpers, but I'd like to see Grig as the main man up front. Back him in. Even though he's only scored four goals this yes, year. Yes, yes. But look you you you're paying that money for him um for a reason. And he's, he's he does step up in the biggest moments and I think that um yeah, give him the backing, have the support out wide obviously and don't isolate him up front. But, um, yeah, I think that I, I would like to see him as that main man um, in, a, in a forward third. What do you expect, Tim? It's a tough one. It's the battle between the former Premier League clubs. So, well, I'm not sure. I can't pick. I'm going to say a draw the first leg and maybe Portsmouth the second leg. I hope it goes to penalty shootouts again. <laughs> That'd be good. And Lee Catamol nails it this time and gets uh, Sunderland into the final Um We'll talk about the other end of the, the table and what a night it was in the relegation fight. Let's just put it this way. The teams that did get relegated, Bradford, Scunthorpe, Walsall and Plymouth all going uh, dropping down to League 2 for next season. Plymouth had that new manager bounce on the weekend, one game bounce, and they, they beat Scunthorpe 3-2. There was a uh, controversial goal scored by Scunthorpe in that match. But they were still relegated because Southend beat Sunderland 2-1 and Wimbledon 
drew with Bradford. So Wimbledon, that fairy tale that we tipped a few weeks back, it it, it, it came to fruitation. They scored. Uh, they didn't score, but they drew. They got that point, and now they've they put off the miracle and are still in League One. It's seven wins, seven draws, and five losses in their last nineteen games, and that just and that shows that you know they only just got past the. Uh, Got just got just avoided relegation on the final day. So that just shows that the timing of that run just immense for Wally Downs' men. And I think that for the Dons, um, yeah, they have a lot to celebrate. They were, you know, looked at as probably the worst side for a lot of the season. Um, and yeah, just ignited this this spark. Um, and it couldn't come at a better time. And and like I said, final match day of the season, and they've just managed to limp across um, Plymouth's win over Scunthorpe. That's I wouldn't say disappointing. I think that the you feel like you're going to get a win on that final day. And the other two sides, you know, Southend somehow managing a win over the Black Cats as well. Um, but, yeah, that, that unsportsmanlike goal was, was a major talking point. For those point. who haven't seen it, what actually happened? So Matt Macy's injured as their goal, as um, Plymouth's goalkeeper and he's going to throw the ball. I needed treatment. Throw the ball out of bounds. I think it was, where is it, Josh Morris first. Scunthorpe has run, managed to keep the ball in and pretty much chipped Macy from um, from out wide. So obviously they're trying to just stop the play, get some treatment. At the same time, there's a lot on the line here. Um, but I think, yeah, you deem it unsportsmanlike. We weren't going to see a Bielsa type, let them walk the ball in with, with what the, how big this game was. But, um, yeah, it was a bit ugly to see. And obviously a lot of fans were and, and players were from Plymouth um, were very upset at the time. I think it was an equaliser as well at that point. But... Um, Look, the ref has not. He can't do anything about it. There's no rule that's saying you know, if a player's trying to take the ball out of bounds, um, and a player keeps it in, like he's not going to blow anything. He, he, there's no rule against being unsportsmanlike in that nature. So um, he was kind of you know hands up in the air. What can I do about it? Um, and I guess the, the game moved on. Plymouth got the win, um, and it would have been huge, obviously, if Scunthorpe managed to snatch that and you know one side and they end up going up. And um, but you know, both sides go down. I think um, you know, a bit of a nightmare weekend for both as well. Move down to League Two, and we've we've got the three promoted teams now: uh, Lincoln City, Bury, and MK Dons, all promoted to League One for next season. MK Dons uh, claimed their final promotion spot by beating Mansfield one nil. We know Mansfield were also vying for that spot, so it was basically a playoff final for the, between those two sides. They had uh, the better goal difference as well, so had the upper hand. But um, the one nil win was it second minute? Second Danny, minute, Danny in. Wheeler. Um, yeah, winner. So, yeah, fantastic for them. MK Don's going up, joining AFC Wimbledon in the same league. That's going to be fantastic. Saw what happened a few years ago when yeah. they were in the same <laughs> league. And even last season, uh, Wimbledon fans celebrating MK Don's relegation. Um, with that as well, the top the playoff race as well, we've also got Newport who snatched the final playoff uh, spot uh, uh, over overtopping um, Exeter in that position. So now in the playoff fixture, we have Newport and Mansfield. That's on Friday, 450, uh, 4.45 a.m. And Tranmere and Forest Green, the vegan team, uh, Saturday, 4.45 a.m. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I'm expecting Mansfield to to move through the first round against Newport quite comfortably. I think Newport, not lucky to get in, but um, probably weren't even in that the top seven um, for the season, I would have thought. I thought Exeter were certainly going to hold their ground in that spot. But um, look, they're yeah, fantastic for for Mansfield. Whilst not being able to get um, the automatic promotion, I think they'll get the job done over both final spots. Um, back over to Tramie versus Forest Green. Either way, this ends up. Both sides have had a successful season. Tramie's first you know, year back in the football league. They've been fantastic. 
Um, James Norwood obviously is going to be the, the the main man for this this fixture playing against his former club in Forest Green as well. And for Forest Green, you know, we we talked about it last year as this this club that's probably just looking to survive the season. Um, by the skin of their teeth, and this year they've certainly proved a lot of doubters wrong, made the playoffs, and I think that you know this this is one fixture where you know one team is certainly going to be going out after both legs um, and can keep their head up high, and the other team, you know, one of these sides making the playoff final and the potential to be in League One next season is going to be absolutely huge for their club. Who do you expect to be in League One? Who's going to win this playoff? I think Mansfield will, will beat Newport, and I think. Tranmere are just going to be too good for Forest, um, and I'm expecting Mansfield to, to do it quite comfortably over both finals. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Forest Green are going to be green with envy. They'll load up uh, before the match on their salads and their their greens. Hey, we don't want to we don't want to start a fight with the vegans. We uh, support everyone, yeah. and we want everyone to listen to the English football show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and at the other end of the table, Sol Campbell's Macclesfield Town, they achieved the remarkable. Uh, well, avoiding relegation, a, a remarkable feat for Sol Campbell, a man that no team uh, gave an opportunity to, to manage. And he was able to start, he said he was going to start from the bottom, work his way up. He's done that with Macclesfield, kept them up. Also, something Paul Ince did with Macclesfield Town in 2007, similar situation there. He stayed up, but unfortunately, the world's oldest league team club are now formerly known as the world's oldest league team, as Notts County dropped to non-league football for the first time in their history. Yeah, uh, sums up their season, doesn't it? Um, a lot of turmoil, a lot of coaches, um, and just nightmare after nightmare of a weekend for Notts fans. Um, firstly, credit to Macclesfield. It was a one-all with Cambridge, um, and that pretty much clinched their spot. But, um, yeah, Notts joining Yeovil. Um... Yeah, this this was this was coming for a long time. I think whilst Macclesfield had this fantastic run and and was you know probably the worst team once when when Sol Campbell took over. Um, was it was it winless in their first twelve games? Yeah, and they had that I think a record run of carrying over from last season. Consecutive games without um, a, a point. Yeah. So, um, but when yeah, I think this was, for Notts this was a long time coming. Unfortunately, this season you know we talk about where they were at last season. How you look now into. Massive disappointment for them, um, and it's going to be. Str- I think they might struggle again next year. You know, I think they've got a great following still, but um, non-league football isn't that easy to come back out of. So, um, yeah, like you said, one of the older, the oldest uh, league, league side. Um, but yeah, that's just where their season was at this year. It's it's sad because those who love the football history will know uh, the history of Notts County and how they're the oldest football league. They were part of the the, te- the, the inception of except, um, of professional football. Plus, they also gave Juventus their black and white striped Guernseys, which we all uh, know worldwide. The, the one positive for them now is that moving to non-league football, Alan Hardy wants to sell the club. It means that the price will be lowered on the for, for someone to buy the club, which which could help them in the long run if they can bring in a stable owner who. Will, offer them the funds required to return to league football and then potentially maybe move up the divisions. That's something that that will be a positive for Notts County. Yeah, I think that you know they had you look at talk about their off season going into this this year and they had a bit of a clean slate, I guess, which I didn't think was needed, but struggled to hold on to a lot of players and that's just that's just you know been the one of the main factors for this year. And you talk about Nolan and Kuehl and the managers that have come through at the Hellman just haven't been able to pick this squad up, and that just shows that, that 
where they were at men- mentally this season. And, um, yeah, I think that, once again, something just more refurbished side um, in non-league football is exactly what's needed. And it's, it's, that's probably the, the first part to start in getting back into Football League. And before we end, uh, the playoff final for in the National League uh, for the winner who then will move into league football next season. Southford City beat Eastleigh uh, 4-3 on penalties this morning. While, uh, how do you say this, Tim? It's F-Y-L-D-E. Field? field? Yeah, maybe Field. Field A? Fieldy? Field. Field there. Fieldy. <laughs> uh, they beat uh, Sully Hill Moors 1-0. So those two sides will face off at Wembley next Sunday at 12am for their spot in league football. Of course, Salford City, uh, owned by the class of 92, they're probably the, the favourites to get that spot into the final with um, the backing that they do have. Yeah, it'd be a, you know, massive for, for all those involved in the club and where, and where they've got the, the money they've put in. I think that you know, might, they, might be, they, they need some football league action in the, in the next season. I think it'd be great for them and interesting to see how they would go down the road. And that is it for the English Football Show this week. We'll be back again same time next Tuesday. Uh, go on to our Facebook page after this show. We'll be having our Joey Barton Award plus our quiz. Uh, Tim, you're the quiz master this week. That's correct. So hey, Chris got the first question right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, jump jump onto that Facebook Live, and we'll be uh, you can watch us there. So we'll catch you again next week to talk about the final week in the Premier League plus the first games in the playoffs.